fucking haters out there. These, these don't eat cyanide crowd out there. Welcome to Dustin Checks, man. <laughs> this is the podcast talking about the 1996 ape film. Dunstan checks in minute by minute and pairing each of those minutes with another feature film. I'm Lord Andrew. I'm Emily Monkey Sound. We're talking about minute 67. Yeah. Uh, the least fun number. And <laughs> is it the least fun number? Yeah. How, how do you, how, how so? Well, because uh, let's say you're looking for 666. Yeah. Well, it's not here. No. You're 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 kind of close but not really. Okay. And you're not even at 69 yet. You're too late for order 66. Yeah. Um but you're still close to 69. Like when I when I hit 67, I'm thinking, "All right, only two more to 69 and that's kind of fun." No, I think I think that one more at 68. That's the real fun. <laughs> I think it starts to get fun at 67. Who who Whereas get like the- a number like I don't know, 14. 14's great. No, 14 to me is less fun than 67. You're saying two away, you get excited. So on Thursday, you start getting excited for the weekend? Well, I A, I don't have weekends because That's I work true. on the weekend. Time is an illusion. And, yes. Yeah. But all, but B, yes, I would. I would say that, idiot. Wow. wow. When I went to school, I would. I would I, Thursday. Hey, we're almost there. Now, I would famously celebrate Wednesday because that's halfway through the week. Yeah, and you would like to wear orange. Yes. This is a true fact. 14 sucks, though. Wow, and I mean it's a not. I guess it's a not. I guess I'm like I'm like trying to be a hero here because it's a Nazi number. Mm. I didn't even oh, that yeah. didn't even occur to me. I think it's just a shitty, boring number. I didn't think about that. I thought of it as seven twice, and people love seven. But again, it's a shitty. It's a shitty number that sucks, and also it's a Nazi number. Fourteen, throw it in the trash, get rid of it. Yeah, we'll go thirteen to fifteen now. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> this is fine. The what the hell are we doing? <laughs> We're discussing which numbers are the most fun. Minute 67. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. did this to us. Mm-hmm. Even though it was I randomly. Did I did this. Oh, I did this to us. Huh? <laughs> That's very interesting. We're going to talk about the that. feature film called Dad. Dad. You know what? That picks up on the microphone for yeah, editing. Good. It's very unpleasant. Good. <laughs> uh, no. We watched Dad. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, now you say I did this to us. Well, we each were given four movies to pick, and this was one of your four. But we had both mutually agreed that we both wanted to watch Dad before this. Yeah, and I think that's because neither of us knew what the hell it was. <laughs> you see a cover that is Jack Lemmon, Ted Danson, and Ethan Hawke posing for like a Sears portrait studio style photo. Yeah, and you see the title Dad, and you think to yourself. I gotta watch that movie. What was the? Um, I almost called it the the dad line. What was the catchphrase? But you you told me this once, and it was really funny. I don't remember what it was. I have no idea what you're talking about. The on the poster, it's like you don't know till you are one. Oh, it's something yeah. stupid just, like that. I'll look that up. I'll get back to you. Yeah. Well, we're not talking about the movie yet. Although you will decide when we talk about the movie, because you got to make it match this minute somehow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. From minute sixty to 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 sixty nine, we're doing randomly paired minutes. Uh, that's that's why dad's here. Yeah, that's why dad is here. <laughs> I have a question for you about the beginning of this minute. Uh-huh. So, uh, at the end of the last minute, Lord Rutledge is going oh, in. Oh, it's I got the tagline. It's oh, very please give good. me the tagline. Sometimes the greatest man you ever meet is the first one. Okay, there it is. Uh, Lord Rutledge goes towards Dunstan at the end of the last minute. Dunstan's reaching out for a hug. Yeah. Lord Rutledge is going in for a choke. Yes. Now, at the way this minute goes, 
it seems like L- Rutledge changes his mind and goes for a hug. Because he gets way closer than you need to for a choking. But his hand is still on Dunstan's neck. Yeah, it's odd. Well, I think, well, we say it's odd. I think it's very obvious what happened here, uh-huh. which is the fucking movie is not written well. No. And they needed him to get close so what, what is about to happen would happen. Now, I, I think I, we should have talked about it in the last minute. Do you think Dunstan had the plan to attack and run? No. You think he, he called an audible when the when the hand went on the neck? Yeah, I do. Then do you think Lord Rutledge was like, I'll choke, and then got in and was like, you know what, this hug's nice, <laughs> and gave up on choking, no, and I then think, got the bite? I think, uh, I think, uh, I, I think, uh... I don't know what anyone's motives in this scene are. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm doing the thing with the cards again. It's okay. I think that uh, Rutledge, uh, I think he just has bad choke technique. Yeah, that's probable. <laughs> that's very likely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, he goes in. He he seems to get way too close to Dunstan for just choking him. It's it is basically a hug, but with a hand oh, on the neck. Hey. Huh. Let's talk about dad. Ah, oh, Jesus, <laughs> the hug. Yeah. Uh. Uh, there's a I would say a very memorable hug in the film, Dad. There's a memorable kind of hug in this minute, and there's your connection, bitch. Okay, great. Dad. Yeah, night from 1989. Do you? How familiar are you with Jack Lemmon as an actor? Uh, was he was he in the movie The Odd Couple or the TV show? He was in the movie, right? He was in the movie. I've seen that. Okay. It might be end of list. Uh, oh, no, I've seen Glenn Gary Glenn Ross as well. Okay. What, anything earlier, like Odd Couple years? I mean, Odd Couple. <laughs> okay. Because he was also, uh, he was in several, you know, comedies where it was a buddy comedy or it was him and a lady or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Very funny. Yeah. Like pretty much... If I hey. see a movie on TCM with Jack Lemmon, I know it's going to be funny. I mean, hey, Odd Couple's funny, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a fun guy. Yeah. And so this movie's not that. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> Jack, Jack Lemmon says, no humor here, please. Yeah. Um, I did write down Family Ties Ties because this movie is directed by Gary David Goldberg, who created Family Ties. Do you know the only other movie that he directed? Nope. Must Love Dogs. Famously, a movie that I've never finished. There are a handful of movies that I've started and never finished, and that's one of them. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I will say the opening credits of this movie did. It felt it. I could the family ties ties were strong there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. What else was I going to say? Uh, James Horner did the music for this movie. We yes. should talk about that. You and I off air were just talking. We're just praising James Horner for his work on the film The Pursuit of DB Cooper. Yeah. Um. I. His score in this was interesting. Not good. Is it? I don't know that I would agree with that. <laughs> okay. I would say that it's it's a style that I don't typically like, but I think James Horner does it well. In fact, I think I have written down here. Yeah. Uh, where is it? Um, horn dog working them horns relentlessly was something I wrote down. Yeah. Uh, it's a horn heavy soundtrack. Mm-hmm. There's, but to there's, me, it's forgettable. Well, I think I think he was also forced in a corner in a lot of ways. A James Horner corner. A Horner corner. Um. Like there's a sequence at the start of the movie, um, with him and uh, with Jack Lemmon and Olympia Dukakis, uh, mm. d- sort of going through their daily life, and it goes on twice as long as it should. Yeah, and I say that specifically because like it, the sound, the music comes to a point where it's like stops, and then it just has to like awkwardly repeat itself. Yeah, and uh, it felt like you know I feel like James Horner had a hard task against him. I'm gonna tell you this movie is exhausting. I would agree with that. And it, 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 
has. I'm gonna say right now though, I don't think just based on your tone, I I think I liked it more than you did. Wow. But I also like. I'm not gonna defend a movie that I still like. I feel like we're at a place where I feel like it's a five point five out of ten, and you feel like it's a two out of ten. I'm not gonna get on a fucking pedestal and defend yeah. a five point five out of ten though. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw myself between you and Dad. I'll tell you, there's a few things I like, but I'll get I'll get to them. Yeah. The the other thing about this movie is its emotional whiplash. You yeah. will you will be well, yeah. down in the fucking dumps. Yeah. And then they'll have a comedy scene that's kind of funny. Yeah. And then they'll murder someone right in front of you. <laughs> and that's how this movie is. Yeah. Scene to scene to scene. They're yeah. halfway through the the movie's two hours long. Yeah. Halfway through, I was like, there's they're wrapping up the main storyline. Are they though? <laughs> exactly. And then they were like, never mind, here's some more. Oh yeah, that definitely there was a point where I checked I was like, Oh, it feels like it's about over, but I feel like I haven't been watching it then and I checked and I was like, Oh, there's more there's a full hour left. I wonder what they're gonna do. Yeah. And then And then they did some weird shit. Well, yeah, and then once they get through that second storyline, then it seems like it's wrapping up again. You got another 30 minutes. Yeah, and then it's, they just cap him. <laughs> honestly, honestly. Uh, um, this movie's very earnest. Yes. In a way that you can't do anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe, yeah. I've written down 1989 earnest on my my little card here. Yeah. Um, It's a weird movie. It's extremely should we tell, Should we give people weird. an idea of what happens in this movie? So Ted Danson is a businessman. Yeah. And his... He's a Wall Street businessman. He... Stocks. Yeah. He hears that his mother has had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And so he goes to help with that situation with his sister. Um, and when he gets there, then he goes to help with his dad. And then he finds out his dad is worse off than he thought. Yeah. Which is... It's not to say his dad is ill or anything. He just is ambling around the house he's, yeah he he's he is like he's sort of numb yeah rudderless without his wife yeah uh and we see that in that opening scene where she is I doing say, everything for him and leading him around i think it's twice as long as it needs to be but i there are moments in that opening scene i like i yeah. like when he's like trying to do his breakfast and she just keeps grabbing shit and doing it for him mm-hmm. i also like there there's a, a small moment of where they play like good cop bad cop with the butcher to get uh some pork chops that oh, are yeah. on sale where i like it there's such a specific thing where, where she is like just being very demanding with the butcher, telling him what she needs, and Jack Lemon just looks at the butcher and smiles when she's done, <laughs> and it's like such a simple thing, but also is like, it's an extremely likable move. Like, you, like I can see why that would work yeah. on the butcher. Uh, and I feel like that opening scene is so long so that when she, like I said, emotional whiplash, when she falls out. over with her heart attack. Into like the refrigerator at the grocery store. Yeah. And he's just doesn't know what to do. Yeah. It can hit you harder because you've just been hanging out with these two for 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, he's, you know, he's a businessman. He comes to help. And then he, he bad helps. Suit. Wearing a bad suit. Yeah. But he he actually helps. Yeah. I, I think uh, I was expecting this movie to be in the vein of Ted Danson having that moment where he's like, I can't do this, you know. Yeah, we never, that never happens. No. Ted Danson he, d- he, doesn't have an arc here. He's just like, is a good son, essentially. Well, yeah, I mean, but he, he was implied he was a bad son before the film, before mm-hmm. the events of the film. But he just kind of is like, oh, like he just right away is like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> there are, as, as melodramatic as the film is, there are parts that feel very real. Like when he's yeah. sitting there talking with his sister yeah. and he's like, I saw dad last year. He wasn't this bad. And yeah. she's like, yes, he was. And, well, she's like, this was two, that was two years that, yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, oh, shoot. I could see that happening with a lot of people. Yeah. I could see that happening in my family. I'm like, that's too real. Yeah, this movie is like, extremely real. That's yeah. what I mean when I say it's like 1989 or Ernest. Er, er, Ernest, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and but I also think that earnestness applies to the idea that 
Ted Danson never says he can't do it. Yeah. He doubles at one point it gets worse and well, he doubles down. Well, he does say he can't do it at first, but then he almost immediately is like, "Oh, actually, I'm going to rearrange my schedule. I'm not going to go to that meeting in Toronto." Yeah. 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 Um, I did, I will say this about Ted Danson early in the film. I did say he is a pathetic man who can make not even himself happy. Yeah. But that's like the first five minutes, and then he turns it around like right away. He really does. Should we talk about the greatest betrayal this movie does? What? Early on in the char- in the film, we meet a character who has a mustache, oh. who's wearing a red jacket, and whose name is Mario. Now, you and I see that, and we want to like it, you know? Yeah. Obviously, we want to like that. Yeah. Red jacket, mustache, Mario. Who plays that character? Kevin fucking Spacey. Yeah. Not only Kevin fucking Spacey, but Kevin fucking Spacey, and he says something transphobic later in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And well, is that in the scene where he's asking um, well, it's the, Ethan Hawke about the co-ed dorms? Uh, there, he might have said something there as well. Because he definitely, this, it, I, I can't remember everything he says there, but he definitely says some shit that's like, oh, I want to go rape some women. Like, oh, he, he doesn't that, say yeah, that, that's what he, but that's he, what he says. That's what he's saying. No, I'm talking about the it's scene really during fucked the, up. the Japanese dinner. Oh, uh, when that was like already society, I, though. That was already bad. Yeah. And then he says a society where they can't distinguish gender. I don't know why that's what they think Japan is, first of all. Yeah. And then Kevin Spacey says some horrible shit. Yeah. R.E. that idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a betrayal. I also for, uh, you know, about half the movie, I couldn't figure out. If he was another brother or married to the sister. He was married to the sister. I figured that out by the end. Yeah. <laughs> but it was definitely a situation where... But, and see, the movie does this other thing mm-hmm. where there are kind of dream sequences. Is that... Where Jack Lemon is imagining his other life. On the farm. On the farm. I, I made it to the end of the movie without understanding what those were. They have a scene where a psychiatrist explains what those are. The, Do yeah, you not remember that, that scene? That made it worse, I would say. <laughs> well, it certainly didn't make it better. Yeah. Uh, it was something where Jack Lemon's life sucked so bad that his only happiness was in this alternate life that he created in his mind. Yeah. What, and what so the, after like, his... What the doctor calls, he is a, quote, successful schizophrenic. Yeah. And so he's after he, he came out of a coma, he goes into a coma. After he comes yeah. out of the coma, he's kind of living both lives at once. Yeah. Where he's like. But he's not. That, this is why I was so confused because yeah. in his vision life, he's like a farmer. I don't know how we reconcile that with the guy who like wants to wear silly outfits and jog. Like that's not farm life. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know how that was supposed to. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe he was thinking he could be fit and become a farmer. That's what I was trying to make it well, make sense. But the other thing like that was. He wasn't doing anything necessarily unhealthy or wrong. No. And yet, everyone, you know, Olympia Dukakis responds like this is some horrible thing. But like, yeah, it was just it was the the, the back half of this movie is very muddled. Oh, extremely. And because I'll be honest, I kind of like the first hour. Well, and then I think for me, the first real trouble for me actually comes when Ethan Hawke shows up. Oh yeah, Ethan Hawke shows up late in the game. Well, he shows up late, and also I don't know why. Yeah. It, like he shows up and they're like, "Hey, you're here!" And I was like, "I don't. Why is he here?" And they I never explain they, it. They show up to. I think the idea is it's going to give some semblance of an like of an arc to him and Ted Danson. Yeah. Because the idea is that they also have like an estranged relationship. Mm. But similar to him with with his dad Jack Lemon, he kind of just like learns the right lessons early on and and doesn't really struggle with it. Yeah. Uh, and Ethan Hawke is like just a good kid. Yeah, <laughs> like he's he's not a teen. He's like in college a, a year or two. He wants to ditch college to go live in Mexico, though. Yeah, but then he's then he Ted wants Danson to do good says things. Some kind of racist shit about that. Yeah, but I, it feels like he wants to live a good life. Yeah, he's not like the punk 
kid well, yeah, or he whatever. He does have an earring, though. He does have an earring. <laughs> oh, no. Which is trouble in one scene. Yeah. He wore it to dinner, and <laughs> yeah. everybody noticed. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that I was trying to figure out, I mean, it, it, is, it, is it meant to be the implication that Olympia Dukakis caused this with Jack Lemmon? I think so. And that's... Well, that's the thing. That's that was one my, of the big fucked up parts. That was my least favorite aspect of this movie, is that I think it... it um, it just has a very misogynist point of view yeah. in which like it, it really does seem to be suggesting that the woman in his life is responsible for all of his suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, she's, she's like an extreme caricature of a nagging wife, I would say. Yeah. Is the idea. Yeah. But it, he just kind of goes along with all of it. Yeah. He never has a moment where he, he snaps at her or anything. Yeah. Well, she, and then she all, the, yeah, they have like a come to, come to Jesus moment where they like talk it out at one point. Yeah. And then, I mean, even Ted Danson yells at her and yeah. that, that causes him to Jack Lemon has a, a breakdown moment where he wants them to just all get along. Yeah. So, Ted Danson does some yelling in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Danson yells. Yeah. Was this, this was during cheers. This was during cheers. Okay. This was towards the end of cheers. Cheers was 82 to 92. This was 89. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I was trying to figure out where everyone was in their <laughs> careers. Because Jack Lemon was... Um, a couple years before Glengarry Glen Ross. Yeah, but he was... He he got a Golden Globe nominated. For this movie? Yes. Or, or maybe one. It was a... I remember reading that people thought it was a snub that he didn't get an Oscar nomination. I think his acting is good in this movie. I think yeah. the story is just a little weird and his, muddled. And, his portrayal is yeah. very true. Yeah. Yeah. And the point where like is like the movie's not great, but like there were moments where I like it it reached me on a genuine level. Yeah. When they hug before he goes into surgery for the first time, like I was like, oh shit, because like they haven't really shown a ton of emotion for each other, mm-hmm. and he's he sort of tenderly asks for a hug, and then when Ted Danson get close, he fucking grabs him, <laughs> uh, which is like it's yeah. a very real moment. Yeah. Like you, he, it's uh, that was the first time we saw him really be like vital, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and also, I think this this has this movie does successfully have some charming dad moments in it. Yes. And I'll tell you, the the moment I think of is uh, when Olympia Dukakis is still in the hospital for a heart attack. Uh, he puts on it's just a baseball hat. It's yep. just like a, a cap. Yep. And he says, "I wrote it down." He says, "Your mother won't let me wear this because I, she says I look too t- tough." Tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like a it's like one of those hats with a construction logo on it. Yeah, it's like it's it's it says Cat, but yeah. it's like the name of like a. I, th- I thought it was like a car com- like a mechanic company. Oh, uh, maybe. I thought those were, but just some working class. Yeah, company. some. Yeah, something. <laughs> it makes me look too, too tough. tough. Yeah, That's very funny. funny. Yeah. yeah, that cap is is very funny. Yeah, I also yeah. like Ted Danson's uh, little bingo addict riff when he's <laughs> like, "I got a, I know a game in Palm Springs. I got a friend. We got a system." Yeah, That's very fun. That's, that was this, very there fun. is some good dad humor in this. Yeah, but it is all over the place. It's all. It's, by the yeah, time that it's a the big, big bowl of spaghetti, this movie. Yeah, by the time Jack Lemmon and Olympia Dukakis are babysitting the neighborhood children i didn't know what i was watching i was so confused because yeah. i like looked away for a second and i was like why are there five kids here there's What's happening there's like two scenes where they go reintroduce themselves to the neighbors yeah and there's a kid one of the neighbors is like oh hi like doesn't know how to react to them reintroducing themselves yeah. and a kid shows up and they're like oh uh, jack Lemon says we could watch your kid for you and then the next scene there's all the children are there okay I'll tell you, what's interesting to me is this, in a lot of ways, is sort of like, uh, you know, we, last week we talked about Olympia Dukakis in Moonstruck. Mm-hmm. She played the mom in that movie. She plays the mom in this movie. Not intentional. Excuse me. Hold on. I had body issues. <laughs> Great. You know, sometimes your body's like, I need to do something that's going to interrupt your voice. Yeah. Um, 
I think there's weirdly sim like the, both these movies, Moonstruck and Dad, are like about family and the importance of family. Yeah, and I, I think we we saw we saw two extremes of how that can be done well and not and done not well. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, there's a scene where they're playing catch. Okay, that went too far for me in the earnest. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that wasn't a real baseball. What was it? I don't like a wiffle ball. <laughs> well, the thing, the weird thing about that scene to me was like, this is just, this is, we've, we've crossed, like, this was kind of charmingly earnest, this movie. This uh-huh. was in the first hour, so it was before it got, the plot got really messy. Yeah. But it was like, we've crossed over from the earnestness level appropriate for a movie into like a commercial for adopting a dog. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It, it just, it crossed that line in that scene, I felt like. Um, did you know it was based on a book? I did. I read that. Um, no, come on. <laughs> you can't just show me that card and not say the words. I wanted to talk about this scene, but I didn't know how to get there. But you just, know what I'm referring yeah, to. Yeah, just talk about it. <laughs> There's a scene where the way we find out that Jack Lemon has cancer is that uh, he just he comes into a room and he says, hey, I think something wrong. Come, I need you to come look at this. But he specifically asks Ethan Hawke's character. <laughs> yeah, to come look at this. Quote. Yeah. And then it's a toilet full of blood. Yeah. Which is just, he could have just said, I mean, it's obvious what happened. He could have said, uh-oh, there's blood in my pee. But yeah. instead he's like, look. It's real messed up. Yeah. Uh, and that really, that is like the, the beginning of the spiral. That's huh? also like, I feel like that's weirdly emblematic of this movie is just the shot of like a dramatic fade out on a toilet full of blood. Yeah. Um, which was definitely a shot that happened in that moment. Yeah. I think. This when movie we- is very pee friendly. And the Olympia caucus also says, she, I thought it was so out of character. She says, I'm going to piss my pants at one point <laughs> when she's laughing so hard. She didn't say pee my pants. She said piss my pants. Uh, you know what? I went along with that. Cause that feels, <laughs> that feels like an old lady not knowing how to say that. <laughs> it's just funny to me that <laughs> yeah. you don't expect Olympia caucus in this movie specifically to say piss, but mm. she did. Oh, that was the other thing. This, this movie did get nominated for hair and makeup. Because they made Jack Lemmon look older. Oh, interesting. He was at least. I, I guess I will say I, that's a good nod because he 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 didn't. It didn't look like hair. It didn't look like makeup to me. Like he just looked that old. Yeah, they. Um, he was at least made up to look ten years older. Huh. Uh, and I can't remember who they lost to, but it was a big one. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. They predicted it like ten years from now. Eighty nine. There's gonna be some cool shit. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what came out in eighty eight that would have beat it. Was there a Godfather that year? Die Hard. Die Hard had great hair and makeup. <laughs> I mean, we all know Bruce Willis. <laughs> um, I don't know what would have come out in '88. Maybe didn't didn't uh, when did Scorsese's like? Remember when Scorsese made that like historical drama, Age of Innocence? I thought he made like three of those over his career. Uh, Age of Innocence was just like the second one. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was like '92. Anyway, I'm just trying to think of big movies that would have had hair and makeup around that era. Yeah, it was something else with age, where age was a part of it. And I thought uh, at least one of the Godfathers has some of that shit going on, right? Uh, it wouldn't have been either of the Godfathers, because Godfather 1 and 2 was 70s, and then 3 was 90s. So oh, okay, well, never we mind. We skipped then. over the 80s. Never mind. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, that, I think what I mean to say is going into, when we heard about Dad existing, mm-hmm. and we, we wanted to watch it together. Uh-huh. I think we had an idea of a funny movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely of, did. Uh, oh, oh, Driving Miss Daisy one. Oh, okay. Oh, but who's aged in that one? I don't know. I Jesus tell Christ, Daisy? <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you. That's um, another one where we're disappointed. 
What the hell? I didn't realize this, that Harry and the Hendersons won the Oscar for Best Hair and Makeup. Good for them. They used to give that Oscar to cool movies, and I feel like they don't anymore. Who Do we even remember who won it this year? No. Can I... I think maybe Driving Miss Daisy was the beginning of the end, though. Probably. Although, they gave it to Dick that's, Tracy the next year, which is... That's, that's a real, pretty fucking that's cool. That's a galaxy brain move. <laughs> <laughs> Nutty Professor won in 96. Well, Dick Tracy... Al Pacino was also nominated for Dick Tracy. <laughs> that's fucked up. <laughs> Isn't that wild? <laughs> it's wild. I saw... Well, it was it was going around because of um, Joe Pesci and Al Pacino were nominated again. You know what? I and guess in they... that year, they were both nominated, and Joe Pesci's speech that year was... Uh, he came up, he looked around, he kind of, kind of, you know, laughed and he said, thank you for the honor. And he left. <laughs> um, I think maybe I'm thinking of best costuming, which they give to stuffy historical dramas at the expense of movies that maybe I feel deserve more. Cause it does look like, like Star actually, Wars movies. Yes. <laughs> um, it does seem like they, they, they've been pretty okay about it. Uh, suicide squad one for best makeup. Okay. Do you uh, think Mad Max Fury road did as well? That's another recent one. That makes uh, sense. Bombshell one last year. Oh Yeah. Recently. Uh, do you think that the that new the so the trilogy of Star Wars movies that just ended? Do you think they didn't go as hard in the costumes because they didn't win for the prequel trilogy, which arguably had the best costumes? Uh, maybe. They like they like kind of pulled back. They were like, ah, don't don't go as hard. It's uh, not worth it. I, I think honestly, do you want my real answer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I think um, I think. And this is not just me being a bitter prequel stan. Sure. I, I think they really wanted to avoid the aesthetics of the prequels, and I think elaborate costumes are a big part of that. I, don't, I, I think regardless of, of like Oscar stuff, I think they, they wanted them to look more like the original series than the prequels. Mm. So they kind of kept the costumes more in line with the original trilogy. That is my honest answer. And I'm going to say that's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. Because the costumes in the prequels are phenomenal. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. So, Dad, <laughs> yeah, I just was expecting something very funny or at least a little funny. And this the way humor was interspersed with drama it did not make me feel good. Yeah. And then they do. They really just cap him at the end. Yeah. He, he goes. He dies quick at the end of the film. Yeah. And then they all just walk away. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's that, just and like, it was super weird, too. Yeah. It is yeah. really weird. Dad's a weird movie. Because then Olympia Dukakis is just alone. Yeah. They're just going to leave her now. She was always more self-reliant than Dad was. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But it's still messed up. Yeah. You know what was another good earnest moment when everyone's having dinner and he's just staring off and, and the daughter's oh, like, yeah. oh, what's wrong? And he says, I'm just happy. Yeah. God, that was good. Yeah, that was good. See, there's there shining some, lights. There's some moments in death. But it's, yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't go to it, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can't go for that. All right, back to the minute. Yeah, so the betrayal hug. And then Dunstan bites Rutledge's ear. Yes. Let's talk about the sound design on that. Well, we're going to talk about a lot <laughs> more than the sound design. But yeah, sure. What do you have with the sound? Uh, does Is Rutledge's ear made out of an apple? Yep. <laughs> because the, the bite sound effect is like exactly the sound of someone biting into an apple. Yeah. What you didn't see is during the hug, Rutledge held an apple <laughs> up to his head. Apple, yeah. That's what Dunstan bit. Uh, because as Dunstan runs off and his hand goes away from his ear, there's no damage. Yeah, that's There's not true. even like red yeah i don't understand <laughs> what was he supposed to have bitten? this is an extremely poorly conceived scene i, I, I can't even i'm just now thinking like were we supposed to think that he bit his finger i was I trying to where is his hand at the, i thought he was supposed to have bitten the ear the ear makes sense because he puts a, hand to ear Tyson. yeah but i don't there's no damage mark there's no damage there's no the blood there's so no off. red there's yeah. nothing uh so dunstan runs out yeah uh and uh uh Rutledge goes after. Dunstan pulls the old Spider-Man. He and hides he, by hanging off some shit. Kyle had the Spider-Man toy. <laughs> yeah. Dunstan learned. Yeah, Dunstan learned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
idiot. <laughs> um, but Dunstan, yeah, he's hiding. So then he goes back into the room, mm-hmm. which now that I'm, we have the minute on a loop in front of us. So Rutledge just ran out with his door open because what Dunstan doesn't have a key card. That's true. God, Rutledge, it's either Rutledge is an idiot or Dunstan is the smartest ape ever. <laughs> I think this is just Rutledge is at endgame here. He's panicking. He's not making good decisions. I he's guess. He's trying to get out fast. Yeah, I don't even understand why he would hop on the elevator, but. Yeah, that is a that is a wild decision. Yeah, we find out in the next beat that he gets on an elevator. But anyway, so we see Dunstan comes back and frees Kyle. When Dunstan comes into the room, Kyle starts shouting, Dunstan. It's like, he's right there. What are you? He's talking to him. <laughs> but he's also has the tape on his mouth and is so clearly heard. Yeah. Which yeah, tells me that it, it's either, as we said before, uh, duct tape not allowed on children yeah. in movies. Uh, and it shows that this kind of tape doesn't stick because he could very clearly be heard. Yeah. Although, I mean, he could be heard, but like. You wouldn't hear him through a wall. Like, he was muffled. I guess. Uh, I I feel like if he had duct tape on, you couldn't even make out, like, you know, consonant and oh, vowel of sounds. Course, of course, duct tape is more effective. This kind of tape is like, you fully hear, Dunstan! Well, like, what I'm saying every, is, you every would, letter. we do, yeah. but the people who are in the other room, which is the only is who Rutledge is trying to protect I against. I guess. Uh, so then, when he, Dunstan he takes... He did leave the door open, though, which is, at this point, like, Kyle could just walk out. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, his feet weren't bound. He could stand <laughs> yeah, he up. He could just stand up and walk leave. out of the room. Um, Dunstan takes the tape off of Kyle's mouth, mm-hmm. and Kyle says an ow, and then Dunstan face palms. Well, Dunstan, well, Kyle like talks. He says Dunstan, and then he says ow. Uh-huh. Like he says something first. There's a delayed ow, and I think Dunstan's Dunstan's face palm really sold the humor of this moment to me. Well, I mean, it I got, think it got a little chuckle out of me because of Dunstan's reaction. I think they knew that was the only way to get humor out <laughs> yeah. of it. It doesn't necessarily make sense, but they know that that's the only way. Yeah, Samson was really carrying this movie on his back. Uh, did we? We didn't even talk about. I I love talking about the door every time. Oh when, yeah, we do when, get that door with the circle with the Hobbit knob, and he opens it through the middle knob. Yeah. Which I think we've seen some doors have a side knob as well. I don't think any doors have both. Because mm. I, I wondered how, how could it open? You know, how does it lock? Well, Hoppet doors have that too. <sighs> That's a fantasy. <laughs> I'm a good fantasy. Uh, Hell yeah, call him out. So used to be the only now one saying that. we see the elevator doors open in the lobby. Uh-huh. And, Who do uh, we see? Well, in the back of the elevator is Lord Rutledge. But in the front of the elevator... Yeah. Mrs. Della Croce and, and her friend, who I believe's name is William. Probably William. Yeah. Uh, the the massage uh, therapist that she thought Dunstan was yes. when she was getting uh, a massage from Dunstan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We previously had speculated on the nature of their relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, I, what do I, we think this says about it? I, I think, if anything, I think it's, it's meant to be that, uh, well, because even Lord Rutledge was trying to like do something with Della Croce, right? Yeah. Right. Because he asked w- where her husband was. Yeah. And she said he was away or something. I think that was just him making sure the room would be empty when she was uh, gone. I guess that's true. Yeah. I, cause I thought there was some kind of, uh, like idea that this is Della Croce's thing that she does at hotels. Yeah. She goes without her husband, finds someone to be her date and gets wild with him. Yeah. That I, makes sense to me. I I feel like that's that's what she's I mean, known what we, for. What we more speculated on was what level, what was the hotel's not, involvement in this. Oh, I thought we were also speculating on whether or not William was the regular at this hotel, yeah. or was just this times dude. Yeah, you know, yeah. because he comes in with the special sex lotion. Yeah, it's true. Uh, like he knows to go get it. Yeah. So I don't know. 
All right. I also caught that uh, they're laughing when they got the elevator, and Mrs. Delacroce says the words, it's worth it to me. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's the perfect kind of half line to hear. Yeah. Um, so then Mrs. Dubrow intercepts Lord Rutledge. Do-do-do Dubrow. She fully sneaks up on him. Yeah. And calls him uh, her special guest. Yes. Uh, because she believes he is the hotel critic. Yes, and she's really trying to make sure that he sees all the things to see yeah. to give a good rating. They bump into... Lionel Spaulding. Who says, hello, I'm Lionel Spaulding. Yeah. And Mrs. DeVrow says, I'm sure, I'm sure you, you are. are. <laughs> and walks away, which yep. he is very upset by. Yeah. Uh, I can only imagine that after the events of this movie, this hotel closes, like, immediately. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we'll, <laughs> we'll get there, I guess. Um... Oh, there's a lot. There's a lock. I I got a close look at the door. There's a separate little like deadbolt lock on the oh. side of the door. Not another knob, but a little lock. Okay, so maybe I that's thought I was seeing a knob, but it's the yeah. deadbolt. That makes sense. All right, so there is while they're walking and talking. Yeah, we believe Classic, that we uh, hear West Wing situation. Yeah, we believe that we hear Mrs. Dubrow's first name. Elena is what I heard. You heard Helena. Helena. Yeah. yeah. Either way. Yeah. It's a first name. She's saying to Lord Rutledge, "My name is." Uh, Helena or Elena Dubrow and I own this hotel Yeah, uh, and she's saying that this is the social event of the season blah 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 yeah. well we're passing by some people yeah there are some background people I want to point out okay in the scene with Lionel Spaulding yellow dress? you see her briefly no I don't think she had a yellow dress there was a short haired woman in the background and it was the short hair that was kind of the style at the time okay where it was like kind of G.I. Jane but longer. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? No. I don't know how to describe hairstyles. I haven't seen G.I. Jane. Well. I assume she had a buzz cut. Yes. Okay. So why didn't you just say buzz cut? Well, it was G.I. Jane was at the time. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, G.I. Jane buzz cut, but a little longer to just see, like, like a pixie cut. Okay, maybe it's a pixie cut. <laughs> uh, so that's while they're talking to, or while Lionel Spaulding is attempting to introduce himself. She's very briefly noticed, but I, I thought she stood out okay. as a, as an interesting character. I just saw the yellow dress itself. So. I, yeah, we're the minute's looping around. I'm going to see this yellow dress because that you're talking about. Because it's kind of an about. ugly yellow. It's like almost green. Hmm. Oh, there. Yeah, you see it? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And now, do you see the right no, there no. behind Spaulding? His head just covered her. Not at all. Sorry. Uh, so then in this next part where they're walking into kind of the main ballroom area, are you, you're just trying to find Pixie yeah. Cut. Just, just keep going. But in that main ballroom area, there's another moment that I'd like to highlight okay. uh, with Nancy, Nancy, who we see in the background in several scenes. Yeah. And she, did, she hasn't I, spoken since the beginning. I did notice Nancy. She is adjusting uh, one of the waiter's outfits. Yeah. You don't um, see her? Oh, right there. Right, right. behind Spalding's head. You'll this, see her in a half. Woman? Yeah, right. No, right behind that woman. That right. woman doesn't have short hair. She just right. has her hair Keep up. On. Isn't that short hair? You're talking about this woman? Yeah, is that that is short hair. No, her hair is just up. Mm, that looks like a short hair to me. Uh, no, her hair. I, that for sure looks like her hair is just up to me. Mm. Like in a ponytail? No, like in a bun. A bun. Or a bun. Or like, there are fancier buns. It looks like do. the hair is coming like down to the ears. It's not like it didn't look pulled up to me. I mean. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, look, Mrs. Delacroce or Miss Del- Miss uh, Dubrow's hair is pulled up, but also goes down in the front because she has bangs. Mm, I don't know. Anyway, Nancy in that next scene. Yeah. Uh, still, Dubrow and Rutledge are walking through. Maybe it is a big cut. I don't know. I'm going back and forth. 
This is the blue dress of our time. Yeah. Uh, Nancy is adjusting the outfit of a waiter. Yeah. Um, and I now I can't help but speculate if there's something more going on there. I think Nancy is just like, we need our, our outfits need to be on point for the crystal ball. But there that also seemed funny. like uh, he got distracted by Dubrow walking by and she had to like really get his attention. Yeah. But it was kind of done in a, see how she's leaning? I feel like it feels more intimate the uh, way that she's talking to that waiter. I don't know. Then my other favorite thing. Well, I got two more things. But then as Dubrow and Lord Rutledge are walking through the party in the back behind them, directly behind them is uh, a waiter offering hors d'oeuvres to someone and the guy is saying no he has his hand out no i like that a lot (laughs) that feels very realistic yeah someone turning down an hors d'oeuvre uh then my last favorite thing so they're just going through she says social event and season the last thing that you really hear in the scene is mrs dubrow saying to someone hello how are you yeah uh but the way that she does it is there's two people talking and she fully comes between the two of them interrupting whatever they were talking about and takes the attention of only the woman and the man who has a beard that only existed in the early 90s uh, is just off on the side. Yeah. Oh, we see a side view. There was a ponytail coming down or like oh, a braid really? coming down. Oh, okay. All right. Not a pixie cut There's then. a brief side view where there was a, there was a braid. All right. All right. Braid, braid <laughs> visible. There's the guy who said no. Yeah. And then there's the beard that only existed in the 90s. Yeah. A lot of, lot of background stuff going on in this yeah. minute. I think that beard emerged in the 80s. Because that to me is yeah. an Al- that's an Alice from Die Hard beard. Yeah. My dad had that beard when I was born. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then we see the big cake. That's going to come into play later. And we saw it being made earlier. That's true. So there it is. The big yeah. cake is out Chekhov's on display. Cake. Huh? Chekhov's oh, cake. Chekhov's cake, of course. <laughs> uh, but that's about it for this minute. Yeah. I do love seeing Mr. Delacroce and William coming out of the elevator. Yeah, it's nice. That feels good. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. All right. What's the next minute? What? It's you. No, it's not. We're out of mine. Then it's probably the Santa Claus. Yes, it is. Because <laughs> I remember Fall That Bird is last. Yes. And Super Mario is 69. Mm-hmm. So Santa Claus. And hey, spoilers for our next three episodes, I guess. <laughs> it's going to be the Santa Claus, Super Mario Brothers again, and then Follow That Bird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we will be watching the Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh, that should be something. Uh, find me on other podcasts like Nothing New, a remake podcast that I host with Justin Kizan, and we talk about remakes, uh, movies that have been made more than once. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, check it out, benvnetwork.com slash nothing new. And then, it, you know, it's on my list. It's on my list, pod.com. Your kiss, your kiss Every month, me and a group of friends get together and talk about list. movies that people say you should see or that we think they should see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so listen to that. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Podcaster Andrew. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Twitch. Very cool, Emily. Uh, I do a podcast with Justin Kizan and also Vic Perfecto. It's called Go Go Godzilla. Uh, rate and review us on Apple. On no, I'm going to say it normal this time. Ready? Go for it. Apple Podcasts. Wow. <laughs> I feel like that was a, that was something. It was hard. Yeah. Give us five stars and uh, tell us what should they tell us, Andrew? Tell us uh, how many apples you've eaten in your lifetime. Yeah, five stars. And remember, it only counts if you eat the whole apple. <laughs> so for a lot of people, it's zero. Probably. Yeah. For me, it'll be probably, I'm, ooh, if I had to guess how many apples I've eaten. my Whole apples. Whole apples only. I would say probably, probably like somewhere in the 100 range. Great. 
<laughs> That's a lot. I, I thought I, that was more than I thought. I've been I've been eating whole apples for a while. I thought it would only be like twenty. <laughs> no, I didn't no. think you did that so often. No, Jesus, no, no, no. I do it every time. Wow. I when I started eating the whole apple, I didn't do it every time. Mm. But I'm I'm now I'm now on come around every time. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Majestic Hotel and Y on Instagram Dunstan Checks Men on Patreon patreon.com slash Dunstan Checks Men you'll get bonus episodes like the pre-show and the Mario Monthly yeah and whatever the hell else we decided to put on there Sometime, one time we talked about Donkey Kong one time we did talk about Donkey Kong that was something Donkey Kong Bonky Dong what the hell is Donkey Kong okie dokie <laughs> uh and YouTube, youtube.com slash... Just go to YouTube. No. Just that's, check out YouTube. You can do, yeah. <laughs> Just go to YouTube. Look up... If you search for Dunstan Checks Men in YouTube, you will find uh, little mashup videos that I make of the minute with the trailer of the movie that the minute is talking about. Well, shups. Yeah. And um, that's it. Goodbye. Remember, Dunstan is spelled with a U. Fuck. And we're checking out... this midnight? Seat your appetite for terror and reserve your ears for a feast of the sound. The Midnight Marinara Podcast is here for you, intrepid listener. We sample only the finest and sinister stories and, quoting them with our own unique spooky sauce, present them to you as eerie audio dramas. Tune in as Midnight Marinara sends shivers of fear and spasms of laughter through you. Bon appetit. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.